Welcome, friends, to the True Myth Media Podcast, A Journey of Film and Faith. I'm your host, Michael McDonald, and this week uh, we'll be bringing to you a discussion we had with Eric Kuyper from Celebration Cinema, uh, talking about the indie film series and uh, some of the um, more limited release movies that are coming out over the next few weeks. We also have a pretty good discussion with him about uh, Lighthouse, um, movie that if you listened last week, obviously uh, Seth and I really enjoyed, as well as we'll be discussing a little bit of the movie Parasite, Bong Joon-ho's latest offering, a movie that interested all three of us, so we just uh, decided to uh, talk about that for a little bit as long as we had Eric in the room with us. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the conversation with Eric Kuyper. All right, well, we're sitting down here with Eric Kuyper from the uh, Celebration Cinema, uh, talking about uh, indie films coming out uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, what have you got coming out? Uh, coming up? Well, uh, you know, this is a this is a we're starting to get into the magic movie season, in my opinion. Uh, yes, you know, the right space gets, Oscar season. Space gets crowded, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so we've got a couple of really great films in our indie film series, and then there's some other good limited releases. I know you guys have already sunk your teeth into a few of those. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about more to come. But um, So a couple that I'll highlight from the indie film series uh, is a documentary, Where's My Roy Cohn? Uh, this is uh, – it was a Sundance doc. So Roy Cohn, if you're not familiar who he was, he, he's sort of this infamous character, one of the more conver- or not conversational, conversational in some ways, but controversial <laughs> um, people in really American 20th century history. He was the this lawyer who was essentially the right hand to McCarthy during all of the communist witch hunt trials okay. uh, during that era. And then he took uh, he took someone under his wing. Um, it was a real estate developer uh, who was kind of a young guy and and kind of made him his protege. And that 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 young guy uh, grew up to become Donald Trump. Um, oh. So uh, <laughs> the the tentacles of this man's influence, both in that era of McCarthy and the whole communist era in America, and 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 the the panic around that. And how th- how those themes and realities through his influence um, and and just his his I guess you would call it worldview is continuing to play itself mm. out um, via Trump right now is is really really stunning. Huh, that's yeah. interesting. So that's uh, that's a documentary uh, called "Where's My Roy Cohn" that uh, that opens this weekend. Maybe that's where he learned the word witch hunt for the first time. He's seen, yeah, he he knows a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that uh, that's that's pretty amazing. And then um, a, a dramatic film called "Pain and Glory." Uh, which is um, I just actually finally got to catch up with this week. And uh, it stars Antonio Banderas. Uh, Penelope Cruz is also in the film. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting take. So Banderas is playing a filmmaker who is in the twilight of his career. Um, he made one really kind of epic film um, and, you know, 20 years ago. Um, and he's never really kind of reconciled himself with the way that film came together, and particularly the performance of the lead actor. Um, mm. And and then in in the midst of all of that, or after that, I should say, he started experiencing chronic pain. Um, and so it's this really interesting story of him in the, in later years of his life, 
reconnecting with some of these people from his past, dealing with kind of the breaking down of his body. And then there's a lot of sort of the uh, influence of drugs and addiction that start to play themselves out in the Mm. film as well. Mm. And there's, I guess, without getting into it too much because it's sort of the magic of the film, there is – there is some flashbackiness to the film as well, um, uh, where Penelope Cruz is involved, um, and uh, so it's you're looking back on the way he was brought up, um, and, and sort of the realities he was living in then, and now you're into the future, and then you're kind of cutting back to like way back present, then kind of not quite as far back. So yeah, it's pretty pretty fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, this is the one that we're doing the discussion on in a couple of weeks. Oh, yep. great! Because so, um, I we're I both really, big Almodovar yeah, fans. Yeah, we so. like Almodovar. Uh, Volvero, like I saw that for the first time last year, and was like, "How in the world have I missed this movie? This yeah. is so yeah. good." Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a real uh, like, uh, how do you like personal warmth yes. to his film? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, this is nostalgia. Sometimes I feel like yeah, yeah. you know, and and I th- so the film is is um, is Spanish language. It takes yeah. place mm-hmm. in most of the film takes place in Madrid, um, and. And I don't know if it was partly because it was, you know, Spanish language, but there is a Roma esqueness to the film mm. in in that's in what you're describing. I mean, it, yeah. as, it, as much as there is sort of this warmth and nostalgia and and longing that you feel about yeah. a period and a in, in someone's past. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it did kind of. I mean, there's a lot of things that are very well, different than Roma. But. Yeah, and a lot of directors that deal in um, like heavily in themes of time and like generational yeah. passage and stuff like that they end up talking a lot about nostalgia because it's kind of a natural thing that we go through as human beings as we grow older yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah. Look and, like ozu or something like that i feel like he deals a lot with like generational stuff like yeah that, so. yeah yeah i i really thought um especially the last act of the film i thought it really it really comes together uh in a way that um there you know, there's a lot of love for this movie out there critically already. Um, and, and, and so I went in expecting it to be, and and it didn't start there for me at first. I was like, huh, I wonder, you know, maybe if this is one of those emperor has no clothes situations where like early reviews were hot and everybody bandwagoned and all this stuff and like loved the past work. And, but by the time it got to the end of the film, I was like, yeah, that was, that was great. That cool. was that awesome. Was well done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now I'm really even more looking for forward yeah. to it. That was that was probably my most look forward to movie of the year. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. I really like I really like Almodovar. I like those like kind of human uh, like looking back on your life kind of stories. So I just knew this one would be up my alley. Yeah. Great. Well, next time we're hanging out, you'll have to tell me about it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, so yet coming out, um, you know. Is Jojo Rabbit? So that's yes. uh, that hits screens. Uh, to, well, what day is it? It's Thursday for us in podcast land. It's tomorrow. It's whatever day. <laughs> it might be the out future or past for you, for you listening. Yeah. Yes, time is weird. Isn't yeah, it, it is. Um, the this is it's just playing at Grand Rapids North and uh, in Lansing uh, to start okay. out with. My, I, it's a film that I expect to do some expanding into more theaters. Yeah, um, it's. It's got to prove itself first a little bit, though. Yeah, I think they know they they know they're treading in strange waters here. So yeah. um, it's being sold as a um, anti hate satire film. Um, I've seen it. 
It's hysterical. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was very tender and very warm at the same time. I didn't didn't ever expect to say what I'm about to say to you, which is Hitler might have been one of my favorite characters in the movie period <laughs> this year. Um, I just – I didn't expect that. Uh, I, I, I understand the criticism of it um, as well. Uh, I mean anytime you're going to get into – you know, Nazi Germany, Holocaust space, and you're going to do that with anything other than just sort of a straightforward searing view Severity. of it. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up. Um, but the, what I think is so brilliant about the, the approach to this is they are applying absurdity to absurdity. And that's maybe the only way to really get inside of it well, yeah. right? Like you're taking an absurd construct yeah. Uh, which is this, you know, little boy is growing up in Nazi Germany. His mom is hiding uh, a, a Jewish girl in their in their like crawl space while he's simultaneously going to, you know, Hitler's youth camp stuff. Yeah. And he's like hardcore. Like he wants to be, you know, like a, the great little, you know, yeah. the great little Cub Scout kind of guy really going at it hard and then gets confronted with the fact that there's this hang thing happening in his house. He doesn't know what to do with that, doesn't know what to think about that with mom. And then he has this sort of imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler, or, yeah. or you know, that he's kind of walking around, rooting him on and all this stuff. And, and Sam Rockwell, who is sort of like the camp director, I guess you would say, <laughs> um, is so funny and so fantastic in this movie. And they give him some depth at the same time. Uh, I just – I laughed so hard um, at some of the scenes. But again, I just thought you're, there's, there's just an absurdity to mm -hmm. that whole yeah. part of human history. And and so to apply absurd an absurd kind of construct to it, I thought was brilliant. It's kind of like a yeah. death of Stalin last year. Yeah, we year. talk about yeah. that. Yeah, all we the talk time. About yeah. that it's all just the time. such a ridiculous situation, and then you just pile the ridiculousness on top yes. of it. And, and it's it, like, like I could not stop it, laughing yeah. during it that movie. It points out the absolute like craziness of structuring your government that way. Yeah, like yeah. you know, it's, yes, uh, because <laughs> you don't because it blurs the line between like, okay, what's the absurd that really happened, and what's the absurd that we're just making up? Right. It's like yeah. I don't know because I can kind of believe a lot of this. Well, that's that's <laughs> like, it. <it's, laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think it was Father. Uh, you know, Father John Misty, the musician. Um, anyway, he he's he's got searing critiques on everything. His music is fantastic, but he was being interviewed and talking about the importance of absurdity, especially in when you're living in times that seem so absurd. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like you, you, they can make a comment. They can create a scenario in this film that you're like, that's ridiculous. And then you're like, Oh, wait a minute. That, that might actually, actually be happened, factual, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Okay. He has these conversations with this sort of like, you know, jovial Hitler over his shoulder all the time. Um, but but all of that is in the mind of this little boy who's trying to sort out life growing up in one of the most, again, absurd contexts yeah, you could like, possibly put a you kid You don't in. really think about it very much. But, like, as a kid yeah. in that situation, like, just how bizarre the world must feel and yep. how un unclear your path forward must be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's Jojo Rabbit. And uh, it's – I, I really loved it. I'm excited for like broader audiences to see great, it and great. for the conversation yeah. to fire up around it. But uh, 
That's a great one. Yeah. And then the you know there's a couple of movies you guys have already seen that are Heck that yeah. are still playing that people um, should go out and see. Yes, which really are good. Yes, yeah. Parasite and Lighthouse. So yes. I don't know what you want to talk about first. I could talk for a couple hours about these. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. I could. Where, too, where do you want so, to go first? Um, we well, can talk about Lighthouse yeah, really let's quick. Talk about I mean, Lighthouse. we've we've talked about Lighthouse like for an hour on our show All before, right. but yeah, we we got to get your opinion on this one too. Actually, so well, you know, it's it's amazing how I mean, you know, in its simplest form, you're watching these two guys lose their marbles, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and there's a lot about the way he makes the film and the, the construction of the literal, sh- you know, the shots, the the, oh, man. the aspect ratio, all of that stuff, yeah. the the claustrophobia that it comes with his, you know, with the choice of that aspect ratio, the way he uses light yeah. throughout it as mm-hmm. like a symbol, but also like just artistically. Yeah, it's to go, you know, the. It's a movie that could have only really been executed well in black and white. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, it needed to do that. It wasn't. That's not just a gimmick. Um, so all that stuff is great. I, you know, it's super bizarre. It was really fun to hear. I wasn't able to go to our early Friday morning screening when it first came out. I had I, I caught up with it a day or two later, but people were coming back into the office and they were just like dazed. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, I don't think I want to watch that one at seven thirty on a Friday morning. Anyway, yeah. I got to hit this one. <laughs> well, I, I in stride. I walked into it with uh, our friend Chad, and uh, I was just kind of like geeking out a little bit, and I was like. You know, it's not often that I walk into a movie where I'm like, I might be about to see a masterpiece. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really happen that often where I'm like, this person, everything that I've heard about what they're doing all the way up to now tells me that they're looking at this as an artistic opportunity, not just a financial one. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like that, and it was just such an amazing uh, experience to see somebody really go after it and say, you know, like, I don't know. Some people may not get that it's in black and white, but I'm going to do it in black and white anyway. Yeah, yeah, and for sure. Like so many choices in the movie are kind of like that. Where yeah, um, you're saying know, the, that dazed thing. I, that was me yeah, as soon as I yeah. came out of that movie. I actually saw it twice in a weekend because okay. I was like, okay, like I need to go see it again. It was that good <laughs> that I was like, okay, cool. I need to see this. It, it's a lot like my favorite movie, which is Persona. Oh, which yeah. uh, I don't know if you've seen that, but that's just two people on an island, pretty much, and them just kind of duking it out a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it is sort of a psychological thriller yeah. uh, of of sorts, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I I think that he in much the same way with the witch, where you're like, yeah, this is you know, the witch was this New England you know kind of folk tale. Mm-hmm. You know, this felt like uh, this felt like he was diving into the world of kind of. These ancient stories and yeah, folklore, and yeah, right. The the, fe- the fears that uh, Seaman would have of the you know like going too far and yeah. uh, getting into waters that we don't know, and there's that whole kind of motif that plays across the movie of like not pressing too far, and yeah, um, yeah, it's in all of the superstition and the the desire to be more than what they are in that time but then kind of how superstition sort of holds them in place at times but it really probably is just a crutch and yeah. an excuse for not moving past what you know the place that they're comfortable and yeah. i mean all of those things like you know that they're trapped on this island that's really not that far offshore like that yeah. like they're not they're not they're lost at isolated. sea. They're yeah. like they're in a very fixed space, but they're they're disconnected. 
And um, so now they just keep telling themselves stories about what is and mm-hmm. what used to be and what could be. And But they never – you know, there's a total lack of presence, you know, for them. They're always yeah. in what used to be or what could be, but they're trapped in the, in the present, but they – that's the last place that they actually yeah, mentally yeah. want to be. Yeah. So they Seriously. start drinking themselves blind and, you know, all well, that yeah, stuff. And you get so. all these like great, like group dynamics and like uh, commentary on like uh, class struggle. The yeah. um, also just like, the, like a practical thing that you don't think about that much, but you know, uh, in that day and age when you'd go off and work in a lumber camp or be on a ship or something like that, where you're working alongside the same people that you're living along. Like, oh, yeah. there's a real bleed over between yep. your actual lifetime and your work time. They kind of just run together to where you're always on duty. So you're always under orders. Yeah. You're not in control of anything. Like, yep. how, uh, like, I don't know, dehumanizing that is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, in, in class struggle, there, that's so there's our perfect segue uh, for Parasite. <laughs> Parasite, yeah. Yeah, which, yeah. which I, I mean, I – so that was – I felt the same way going to Parasite the way you were describing Walking the Lighthouse. I was like, this – is this the masterpiece that I get to see this year? Yeah. And uh, – you know, master. I mean, whatever, whatever that even means. It was. If it's not that, it's pretty close. I I, I thought it was fantastic. It's, it, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 I I um I didn't I I didn't totally know what to expect. I just I, other than the fact that I knew it was going to be sort of a dark comedy, mm-hmm. and you know, it was. It was overachieving in that space for me. The entire yeah. first two yeah. thirds of the film, was I was like, "This is what I thought it was going to be." I thought it was yeah. going to yes. be actually. It was. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I was, I was the only people laughing in my theater, and I felt oh. awkward about it. Like I was just I dying like, laughing. Well, and I there feel was like, like a people, couple, like three rows down. <laughs> people that were, like, are not shuffling. expecting it to be as funny as it is, and they're a little unsure of like, can I really let loose with a belly laugh in well, this movie? And, and I it's feel like, like a yeah, lot of people can. who don't watch a lot of foreign films too. It's like you've got to get into that reading and then understanding that the joke is still there, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah right. Laugh at it. Like yeah. I feel like some people who don't watch foreign films, you're just like, oh, okay. That's kind of fun. Oh, they made a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, like, that's fine. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I just get into it, and I'm starting to laugh yeah. all the way through at this point. But yeah, oh, yeah. How, uh, how did you feel? How do you feel about uh, his other work, uh, Bong Joon Ho, or is it uh, Bong Joon Na? I think it's Bong, Bong Joon Ho, but yeah. I think it's actually like Joon Ho Bong. Is like, yeah, I can never remember. It's it's one of those uh, Asian, uh, I think Korean yeah, names it's where Korean, it's backwards, yeah. but I can never remember which, which way one we're yeah. supposed yeah. to say it. Yeah. Yeah. We're saying it wrong. Well, yeah, we, we're talking about him. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, I, you know, I thought, I mean, Parasite is similar to Snowpiercer in yeah. its, its very, themes, yeah. in its, its themes, but not in its execution. Right. And in the fact that he takes a, he does something very literal in the in the way he does it, I mean, he, you know, he there he's looking at class and he puts it on a train and he yeah. he makes it linear. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. here we're looking at class and now it's vertical, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many stairs. Oh yeah, the Parasite. cinematography of like those stairs coming down and the uh, like the electrical lines cutting across it, yeah. the diagonals and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, some really amazing like city shots. City oh yeah, shots. yes, and and then the really minimalist, beautiful kind of suburban paradise mm-hmm. yes. shots as well. 
um, in, in, in the park's home. So, uh, I thought Snowpiercer was fantastic. I, 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 again, it was, he's, he does stuff with kind of the genre blending that I really like. I, you know, I like genre films, but I also like somebody who has learned all the rules and therefore knows how to break them properly as opposed to someone who's just doing whatever the heck they want to and maybe it's going to come together. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows yeah. he's making a this hybrid kind of comedy horror slasher uh Act. you know kind of spin twist movie, yeah. you yeah. know. All of those things. He knows what he's doing. And so I appreciate that. I haven't – I'm trying to think what his last – the film was before this. Okja. 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 That's right. Yes. Which, which I was I li- sort of nonplussed with. But I liked Okja better than Snowpiercer personally. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I, I think that its themes just spoke to me more. Um, I And like the, the setting for Snowpiercer just didn't connect with me. Yeah. Whereas like Okja um, – I don't know. I love animals. Like, yeah. So there's a there's a really big in there, obviously, yep. <laughs> for someone like me. But yep. I still um, like Memories of Murder most. I think. I'm oh, not really? Actually, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that one twice now. I'm like, man, this movie is so good. And every time I watch it, I'm like, this is like South Korea Zodiac. Like, this yeah. is actually, better than on, any serial. Killer it's on movie Amazon have, Prime so. right now. So if oh, you're li- cool. if you're listening uh, and you know, kind of want to see what some of this guy's other work is. Mother's also really good. Memory too, of so. a Murder is on Amazon Prime right Memories now. Memories of Murder, Well, and Oakja is a Netflix film, right? What was that? Oakja is a Netflix film, yeah. And I think Snowpiercer's on Netflix right now, too. So if oh, you yeah. want, you could probably go find all of his movies right now. So <laughs> but. That'd be quite a ride. <laughs> it would be, yeah. yeah. yeah They're very be. diverse, too, because, yeah. like, I mean, Memories of Murder is, like, a straight-up drama. Yeah. And, like, Mother's kind of weird, too. And yeah. And you get into the weird fantasy stuff. <laughs> what yeah. I had seen Joker um, the night before oh, I that's watched right. Parasite. Yeah. And uh, so it was interesting to me how similar they are in – Thematically. Thematically mm-hmm. as movies. Yeah. I mean, it it's ultimately the same thing. Well, I think we were just talking a little bit about how like it just seems like there's a lot of movies out there right now that are about class struggle. Yeah. I said like yeah. that was the theme um, for 2019 it feels like. So. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, obviously there's something something in the water out there. Something brewing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's interesting to see how, you know, if you think back to uh, um, – Heath Ledger's Joker and what Nolan was doing and all, you know, during that time. And it was, I mean, that was a movie and a storyline that tapped into the horror of the post 9-11 reality. Like that yeah, movie the chaos was of not knowing what is coming next and how. Yes. And, evil with a face that can't be understood. Yeah. And, you know, um, the horror of Joker being asked how he got his scars and him telling a different story every time. Like what if, you know, what if there isn't something by, as Alfred says, right in that movie, yeah. like what if some people just want to light things on fire and watch burn. them burn down, yeah. <laughs> which I think there was, that was like America's greatest fear is, Maybe there is no v- worldview behind what's coming at us. It's just, it's just hate and destruction. Um, so and now, so that was very zeitgeisty, yeah. right? Th- yeah. That yeah. Joker was, and now this, uh, this, this one also feels that way. It's, it's the, you know, it. This is the same storylines of Occupy Wall Street years later, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's another manifestation of. 
Occupy, yeah, and the <laughs> yeah. Arab Spring, and all like yeah, all yeah. of these, you know, like rising up of of people who feel that, and and you know, for good reason that they've been marginalized and in mm-hmm. all those things, and and then you take it to an extreme and they break. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, now you know, Parasite didn't feel as dark to me as Joker. Um, even though in some ways it was every bit as gruesome, it felt almost like, um, in Parasite, they, it's like they found themselves in this place. Like they didn't, like they weren't working their way. They, they were, you know, all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, we're doing this. Yeah. Where, uh, with Joker, it felt, uh, the madness felt deeper and darker. Well, and also like they, the, the, the dynamics, like one of the things in Joker that I didn't care for as much is that it does seem like a pretty continual journey. Like there's yep. no ebb and flow to that. Like, Oh yeah. Dark. Yep. You know, it's just, just, it's just boom. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this one, I felt like there was a lot more, especially between the, um, the main the woman, dads. the mother. Oh, I uh, thought the two dads actually, but, but yeah, like there's, there's just a lot of, uh, back and forth where it seems like one group has power and then another group has, po- it seems like they yep. have more power. Um, the way that they get into the house seemingly like with small steps. And then before they know it, they're kind of intractably involved in this, mm. in this household, uh, to where like they're basically running it themselves. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a strange kind of like takeover of of space. Yeah. Um, and therein lies the title, right? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And so, but uh, I read that originally the film's title was had something to do with doppelganger. Um, that that mm. was where, and then they changed it to Parasite. So it, like after us, us came out. <laughs> yeah, I was just yeah. thinking that. Yeah, because there yeah. were mo- there were definitely moments in this where I was like, oh man, if I was making this movie and I saw us, I'd be really bummed out. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're down below. Yeah, yeah, and right. Kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It goes in really different directions, but you're right. Like, so There's yeah, another class struggle one right there. So, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, and I. Uh, when when you think about it from like that doppelganger perspective, um, where with us it was sort of more literally that was the, the yeah. case. Mm-hmm. This is I, I I think it adds another layer to the movie when you when you see that both you know both families essentially are are broken. They're sort of yeah. just they're, there's an, they all they're they, all kind of jacked. They up. all feel helpless. They yep. all feel out of control of their yep. lives. Um, like uh, one of the things that stood out to me the most in it was how like when they're uh, like letting people go, yeah. Um, just how haphazardly she does it without a thought as to the fact that like she's ruining people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Because, but then again, like I can also very easily put myself in that place because I know people. I've literally heard people have that conversation before where they're like, "Oh, well, you know, it's best to just let them go rather than have an awkward conversation." Yeah, and you're like, "Ooh." That's a really costly, like, awkward conversation. Like, maybe you should just talk to that guy. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's it's interesting to see, like, the values that the different cultures are placing on different things. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah, that was – that is – I don't know. I haven't decided what my favorite movie of the year is, but it might might be Parasite by the time the end rolls in. 
Lighthouse and Parasite are definitely way up there for me. Yep. Uh, I'm sure I'll end up seeing them again. So, yep. yeah, if you're listening and you need somebody to go see this movie, just hit me up. I'm sure I'll <laughs> yeah. drop what I'm doing and yeah. uh, and head out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those are pretty fantastic. Those two yeah. and then Once Upon a Time is still up there for me, yeah. I feel like. But yeah, that was absolutely. just such a great movie for me. But. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was mentioning to you guys earlier, and I'll just mention it now, the one other film that's playing, and it's just playing Friday and Saturday night at uh, Celebration Cinema Studio Park, is the documentary called Strange Negotiations, which is about the life and work of uh, David Bazan, the, the front man for Pedro the yeah. Lion. Um, and uh, Brandon Vetter uh, is will be in town as of tonight, um, who is the filmmaker who followed David around for a couple years to make this documentary. Um, and if you know people don't aren't familiar with with David's sort of arc, I mean he has a kind of this kind of career arc and this life arc. Um, Pedro Lyon, which he was the front man for, was you know really this you know the first real underground Christian indie rock yeah. band, right? On Tooth and Nail Records, and 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 he and especially he created, people in Grand Rapids probably would know him because like we have we have such a strong christian yeah like influence here like i i listened to him in my early 20s followed all the way through his albums and then he eventually like was like kind of processing his faith faith on those albums yep yep and then eventually left the, left the faith yeah and but didn't leave music yeah he hasn't left music and so um you know you you, you see this sort of evolution of that in the film yeah. and i mean i remember hearing that he was at the uh, cornerstone um Music, uh, music festival. festival and was drunk on stage and, yep, and all that yep. stuff. And that's all in the film. Oh, man. And yeah. um, he's talking about sort of what brought him to that place. Um, but I, what I thought was really compelling was when Cursor Branches came out, he was being interviewed by – it was like you know Nightline or something like that because it was this big deal. It was here is this guy who kind of came up in evangelicalism and now he's – he just – he put out what they were calling his breakup album with yeah, God, right? Yeah. And um, – and what the way he framed it there um, in that interview, I thought was really interesting, and because he got asked point blank, "Is this your breakup album with God?" and he and he just said, "You know, it's certainly my breakup with a certain narrative about who God is." And um, and I think what's interesting about Bazan is is it's not an issue that he has no faith or any. The reality is, is he was living in a space that defined it a certain way. He yeah. found himself outside of that understanding. Yeah. And that, that, that orthodoxy, if you want to call it that, said, you're outside of it. And he finally was just like, well, I guess I'm outside of it. So yeah. there's, there's, I think it was more or less of like him going, I'm out of here, as much as him finally saying like, you're, you're right. I'm not in there anymore. What? I'm over here. I don't. I don't. I'm not trying to be not over there as much as I'm over here, yeah. and you don't want me inside anymore. Yeah, which is why like his music is still really interesting to a lot of the people who grew up listening to him because he's not somebody who's coming out and saying like I don't believe anything. He's just he's just genuinely following his heart and his thought process where it's going, and he's writing music about it wherever yeah. wherever that happens to take him. So if you were interested in what he had to say 15 years ago, you'd probably still interested by what he has to say because it's the same person. It's all of that. Yep. It's just not coming with a label anymore like it used to. Yeah, it's just – whether you agree with him or not, it is just a – unbelievably vulnerable and raw yeah. processing <laughs> of, I think, the questions 
most people are wrestling with on some level or, or another. And then, again, to come full circle of their conversation, throw in Trump America for him, and yeah. now he's you know infinitely confused with the world <laughs> that he finds himself in. As and we so, all are. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so um, – the 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 doc is as much around him. He he started doing these house shows, touring yeah. all over the country and doing house shows, um, and but was on the road twenty four seven and has kids and has a life yeah. in in um, in Oregon that he is detached from and trying to find a way back into that and realize that actually touring as Pedro the Lion was a better way to do that. Less shows because he could get more people to come out for a Pedro show than a David Bazan show. Yeah. Um, and so he he goes through that whole arc. It's it's fascinating. He's such an interesting guy. So the film's playing at 6 o'clock Friday night, Saturday night. And then he's playing a show in Listening Room, which is the music venue at Studio yeah. Park at 9 o'clock after each of those shows. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so he'll be part of the Q&A. He's doing the shows. It's a pretty amazing sort of one-two um, yeah, I'll have to see if film I can and music punch. That. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. That really so, awesome. uh, yeah, that, that's what's going on. We're excited about doing that stuff and more coming up. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show and sharing with us what's going on at Celebration Studio. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Hopefully uh, you are following us on Facebook and Instagram and all of those things. So you're seeing when we post movie reviews pretty much every day. Uh, Hopefully you'll keep listening to the podcast and sharing it with uh, those other cinephiles in your life. I'm pretty sure most of us have a friend or two who are really into movies. And uh, hopefully you'll go that little extra mile for us and uh, share it with them. Uh, we uh, we appreciate any help that you guys can give us with helping us find an audience, uh, helping us find those people that are going to be interested in uh, conversations about movies that are maybe not as mainstream, uh, looking for a little bit more of that insider information. Uh, hopefully you'll visit us at truemythmedia.com where hundreds of movie reviews from a Christian and cinephile perspective await you. And we will say farewell, friends. Farewell.